WDBM East Lansing. You think the Pistons are playoff bound? The Giants totally gave the rest. This MSU team deserves to be in a BCS game. Still and always will be hockey time. Fire Lele. Shorg and Fino are back. That's right. MSU football, MSU soccer, and is there really a Tigers playoff push? We'll debate that today. This is the Spartan Sports Wrap. That's right. Sports Wrap is back, and it's Sharg and Fino once again. Welcome if it is your first time tuning in. This is the Spartan Sports Wrap every Monday right here on 88.9 from 7 to 8 p.m. If you are outside of your car, if you don't have a radio by you, you can also stream us online. You can go to impact89fm.org, and you can stream us anywhere. Whether you're out of state, in state, across waters, you can listen to us anywhere that you are. So we encourage you to do any of those things if you just don't have a radio by you. But alongside myself, we have the Chipotle man himself. The Chipotle and- man, Fino is here, and guess what, he's Lansing? I don't have to buy you Chipotle. It wasn't a blowout at the game. Fino's right, per usual. And Fino's eating his Chipotle bowl as we speak, and I love it. We'll talk about that in a second. But listen, if you missed last week... Fino bet listeners and the staff Mm -hmm. that if Michigan State scored over 34 points, he would buy everyone Chipotle. Which they did not, and Fino does not have to buy anyone Chipotle Except yeah, you were probably gasping for breath with that last one. I was. I'm not going to I, I definitely was, you know, a little bit. But guess what? It's the end result that matters. MSU gets the victory, which is a good victory. Nonetheless, they're 1-0. Hope to be ranked, but Chipotle sweeter when I have to eat it all by myself. <laughs> well, if you missed the game, we'll get into the game at like 7.07. But if it is your first time tuning in, we've got to explain to you just for a quick second how the show is set up. We start with MSU Spartan Sports first. We'll start with MSU football today, then get into MSU soccer. Then we jump to Detroit and national sports because, as you know, it's so hard to fit this in an hour. Uh, but, yeah, we go from Detroit with the Tigers playoff push to the Lions coming up this week. And then we get into a little bit of national. And, wow, if you know, how about the fantastic Cuba to Florida swimming event that took place today. Unbelievable. And, you know, people that don't know, Diana Nyad is a 64-year-old swimmer who made the 103-mile trek from Havana's Harbor all the way to Key West. Your hometown, right? (laughs) My hometown. Uh, Hola. But, yeah, so she made this trek. It's surely unbelievable because she's tried it four times. She's 64 years old. Just something to bring up. It's an incredible feat. Congrats, Diana, and congrats to anyone involved in this feat because it's just simply unbelievable. A lot of congrats from Chipotle to Diana and Michigan State football for the win. Mm -hmm. But we got to tell you, you all the listeners out there, that on October, October 14th, the current show called Spartan Sports Rep will be moving online and a new show will be launching called The Pact. That's right, P-A-C-T, also known as an agreement. It embraces the Spartan debate, tackling sports issues with the most entertaining personalities here at Michigan State University. Uh, We are launching our new website. It should be up this week. It was actually supposed to be up Friday, but some technical difficulties. We're working on it. We're it up this week, and it's just something to look forward to. Exactly, exactly. Tons and tons of content, and we have new shows, new podcasts every single week at certain certain times. Our new football show as well. New football show. We have our new soccer show that we'll be launching. We have our new hockey show. There's a ton to look forward to. So if you're looking for sports content from every MSU sport, 
plus all Detroit sports and a little bit of national, you're in luck. So if you're the high school rower, the high school swimmer, the high school wrestler that wants to follow MSU swimming or rowing or, or wrestling, whatever that may be, but no one is really covering it, we will give it to you. But uh, we do have our boy Fino in here up until October 14th, and we'll be bringing you the latest in Spartan sports up until then. Uh, but if you are interested in becoming a part of this new Impact Sports team, you can email us at msuimpactsports at uh-huh. gmail.com. Again, MSU impact sports at gmail.com we are expanding and we're always looking for new people fina we're always looking for new people it's a great thing to get a part of if you like sports if you love msu like we do it's the place to be like alex said we got you covered in all angles the new website's coming up and if you want to join the team you always can feel free to email us and of course msu impact sports at gmail.com that's msu impact sports at gmail.com and send us an email and we'll proud to respond to you in a polite matter exactly the number for the show very important to remember because you're probably going to be sitting at home or in your car or with your radio or online and saying to yourself wow fino you are absolutely wrong fino you are ridiculous shark you're absolute cabbage you're pity your pity. But the number is simple. It's 517-432-3893. 517-432-3893 is our number. So if you want to give us a call and tell us how much you disagree with me or how much you hate me, or even hate Sharg for that matter, give us a call and let us know your opinion. We're always taking callers here at the Sports Wrap. And we are also joined by our executive producer, Max King, who actually last show put us in our place for a little bit with statistics. He Max, did. how about this Chipotle thing? Did you think they were going to score over 34 for a minute? Well, I uh, I got real nervous there for Fino because I, I was... Welcome was to the, the club. It was in <laughs> it was the fourth quarter, and I looked at it and I was like, you know what, if they go, if they just need a touchdown and a two-point conversion, and they're at the mark, and... At first, when I was I was actually going down to the Western press conference to get an interview, and I heard touchdown, and I thought, oh, oh no, oh no! But then I realized <laughs> it was for Western Michigan, and so I thought, oh, sigh of relief there for Fino. But I was on edge, and it was in the back of my mind the whole week. I mean, it was just something to look forward to, Max. And you know what? I wasn't the only one that was nervous. There was other people that were nervous for me, as Max mentioned himself. I was absolutely sweating bullets this whole game. A lot of nerves. And let's bring us to our next segment in the show, which is our question of the week. And the question of the week this week, for you listeners, is what was a sports bet or any situation where you either lost or you were just nervous? Like Fino himself, Chipotle for 34 points for the entire school and the station. That's absolutely insane. And... It's nerve-wracking. I'd be, in, I'd, be, I'd be in the bathroom for Bro, hours. would you be able to make a bet like that? No, I absolutely wouldn't. I, I, I wouldn't have any guts to make the bet that you did. It definitely was a gutsy call, but you got to be a little risky. So what it, is the gutsiest call that you have ever made, you listening? Best response will be read on the air, and in future weeks, we will have prizes for you on the Pact and online. So you definitely want to stay tuned. You can follow us on Twitter at 89FM Sports Rap, uh-huh. but feel free. Tweet us at 89FM Sports Rap. Fino is right there taking all your tweets, and we'll get you what exactly was the gutsiest moment that you've ever had. But let's talk about guts in the quarterback situation to start. Pure gut. <laughs> Maxwell, Cook, and possibly others? I don't know if you know. Let's just recap the game real quick. I what mean, did you see? Let's look at the final score. Let's break it all down just I to mean, start. When I, okay, I've, you know, anyone who didn't watch the game or you live in a hole, this final score was 26-13. Okay. MSU did get the win. They win by 13, obviously. And I'll tell you what I saw from the game because I got to get this off my chest. Does anyone else in East Lansing or locally – think that Maxwell is a starter going forward. 
his ineffectiveness was apparent. And when I see this game, I see a couple things. We don't still don't have a quarterback. Maxwell is still appalling. And third, the whoa, defense. Whoa, 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 whoa. Appalling. Appalling is a big statement, you know. You want to talk appalling? Mm-hmm. You want to talk appalling, then you're going to talk about back to the John L. Smith era. That you're going to talk appalling. You're going to talk back to 2002, 2001. That's bad MSU right there. Post-Nick Saban era, appalling. Agreed. But this team, thankfully, Curtis Drummond can catch better than half our receivers, which is unbelievable with that interception was just something remarkable. Okay, first off, before we get into this exact little situation with mm-hmm. the receivers can actually produce... Let's go mm-hmm. under just some quick scoring recaps of the game for box those score. that missed it. we got to just do a, a quick little box score. Very first defensive play of the game, Curtis Drummond thought it was an interception. I thought it was an interception. Yeah, I don't know about big you. play. Big play. It looked like an interception. Unfortunately, it was not. But the a couple plays it. later, uh, later in the first, Curtis Drummond gets an interception return. Uh, that is the first score of the game, making it 7 nothing. With a beautiful lateral. Beautiful <laughs> lateral. Uh, and then a 14-yard touchdown pass from Musman. Uh, uh, excuse me, from Zach Terrell to Clark Musman for a touchdown. Clark Musman, the tight end, for the Broncos, making it 7-7. Langford with a two-yard touchdown run. Muma attacking on two field goals in the third. Muma that made great. it all 19-7. Then finally, to cap off the game, a Shalee Calhoun 16-yard fumble recovery uh, that led to 26-7. to uh, Western tacked on one more with 151 mm-hmm. left to make it 26-13, and that was a wrap, not to be punny. That was a wrap, and you know, the game was great. And I say it was great from the standpoint, you can pick and choose what I liked about this game. You know, I saw a good defensive play, as I mentioned before. I saw very effective running post-Le'Veon Bell, and I thought that's something that goes unnoticed. Is I look at Lankford, he's stepping in this game. You know, Le'Veon Bell is not necessarily an easy act to follow, but he steps in, gets 20 carries, 94 yards, 1 TD. Chart, very respectable game, bro. And, and that's the thing, Fino. And let's first off start with your first claim. I'll call it a claim and put it in parentheses, okay? okay? Because what you just said is not clearly no, clearly close to anything accurate, okay? You said the receivers couldn't complete and hold on to any passes. You're absolutely wrong. Have you looked at the statistics from this game, Fina? I mean, I'm looking at it, and I see no one on the— no one, And you can credit awful quarterback play. I look at this. I say no one's catched the ball more than four times, which is bad, okay? And I look at no one can catch the ball for over 40 yards. So—and then I look at Western, okay? Western, on the other hand, their lead receiver, Corey Davis, who is a freshman. He's outstanding. I love Corey Davis. He gets eight yards, you know— Eight receive receptions, 96 yards, one TD. He's phenomenal. I mean, this guy came into Western. I understand he plays in the MAC. Not really a highly touted recruit, but this is a good play. Fino, that whole game, guess how many drop balls there were? Take a guess. I would say about right of three or four. There were three. Yeah, I knew it was one of the two. That's not horrible whatsoever. I understand. But That's not appalling. You compare that to last year. That is beyond that's, leaps better. That's And two of the drop balls mm-hmm. out of the three were deflected. They were deflected, but you know we're not going to count deflections here. I think you can't really rag on the receivers too much. And I know I did. I'm very critical. Fino, why are you so critical? Bro, I'll tell you why I'm critical. It's because the fact is MSU's level of play, their standard of excellence, is at a new level. I, you know, We spoke about it last week in the show. Mark D'Antonio has been here already. For a long time, he even said it. It's time to cut all that, cut all the fat, 
cut all the bad play and start producing it into that dream. That dream being a Rose Bowl. And I was looking at Big Ten Network. They had some predictions. What bowl do you think MSU was projected to be? I know predictions are, projections are so weak. But what projected bowl do you think MSU was projected For a team that wasn't ranked in the top 25, I'll see the Outback Bowl again. Buffalo Wild Wings Bowl. And I was appalled to see it. Because I think no one is giving credit to this defense. I'm looking, I'm flipping through, I'm watching SportsCenter. I see two top plays by this MSU defense made that top 10. That's a good point. Why is no one talking about how good this defense is? This is the best defense in the Big Ten. Debatably. Debatably. I think so. This is a team that plays. Look at the way the secondary is playing. The pressure off the ends. Marcus Rush with the hit. You know, Max Bullet in the middle. It's just, this team is lightning. But what kills me is I look at the quarterbacks combined. Because, you know, Cook, you're not getting a free pass in the show either. You're completely ineffective as well. Cook is 6 for 16. Maxwell's an awful 11 for 21. For 74 yards, Cook 42. 116 yards passing. Okay? We were outthrown by Western Michigan in the passing department. You're telling me that this offense can't produce more passing yards than Western Michigan. You know, you, you just contradicted yourself. How can they not get more if passing Western out through Michigan State they with did. 204 total yards of offense, then that means our defense did not even play that great. They, you know, but the defense did play. They, they did their job. Of course they did. They scored touchdowns. They did. Two defensive touchdowns. Two, I know. And that's more than the offense scored. Year? That's more than the offense How score. many defensive touchdowns did MSU accumulate last year? How many? Zero. They got two this game. That's unbelievable. It's good. That's a standard year. Curtis Drummond is playing. You know... You know how far Jones has come across, defensively speaking? Yeah, no, I know. Very far. You know what I'm saying? Sure. But I understand. This is Western. It is the first game of the season. I did. The defense produced turnovers, stopped the ball when they needed to, only allowed one touchdown, that or two touchdowns, forgive me. That's good play, whether because I forgot the missed extra point. But that's good play, whether or not you analyze it or not. Max? Well, Fino's got a point there with Zach Terrell, the true freshman starting. He out threw Maxwell and Cook. Combined, he threw. He went twelve for twenty-eight with one hundred twenty yards, and he threw two touchdown passes, including his very first pass of his career was a touchdown pass. So, when you're t- looking at the quarterbacks, I gotta go with Fino on this one, just because a true freshman outpassed your two upperclassmen quarterbacks. Your senior combined. quarterback. Just can we sit back and analyze that? I understand Maxwell isn't the next coming of John Elway, a good college quarterback, whatever. But when I look at good quarterbacks in this. This weekend, I look at Teddy Bridgewater at Louisville. That guy's unbelievable. Oh, of course, a different league. Different, different league. But I'm yeah. saying, oh, my God, if we had a quarterback, how good would MSU be? I mean, they'd be— How good would MSU be? Uh, I don't know, <laughs> Fino. Let, 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 me just, let me just throw something else out at you, okay? okay? You say that these quarterbacks were outthrown by our freshmen, and I agree with that. I was, I was talking strictly Two defensive. freshman offensive I agree, players. I agree, I agree. And listeners, 517-432-3893 is Fino being too critical. What did you think of the defense, the offense, the quarterbacks? And we'll get into the running backs in a second. But let me just put something out this for you, okay, Fino? We started off that game. Maxwell started off perfect. He was 4-for-4 to start off in that first drive. Third down, it was a third and three. He throws a short little bunny to Langford, short of the first down by a yard, and they punt at the 40-yard line. Shortly after that, guess what happens? A drive later, rain delay. Now, I'm not saying that the, that the reason Maxwell and the quarterbacks didn't perform well was because of that rain delay, 
But if you ask any student out there, and you saw the players from the sidelines waving their shirts and towels when the when the thunder struck, when the rain started to pour, before the lightning, you could see that that stadium was turned up. That was a very motivated stadium. And when that rain delay hit and the lightning delayed the game for 45 minutes, guess what? The offense halted. It didn't even complete half the amount of yards they did in the first half. So with that reason alone, I'm not I'm not blaming the rain, but I'm saying that you can't look at this first game and say our quarterbacks are awful. You can submit that complaint to Mother Nature later, but what I'm saying is this. You have 74 yards passing for the whole game. Are you kidding me? And now we have to sit back and a senior and say he got bad momentum from the rain. No. This is a guy that's got to perform. Max said it. This guy's this the Western no, quarterback, true freshman coming into this defense, this environment, this hostility, loud. That stadium was loud, seventy-one thousand strong, and you're telling me that you can't outthrow him, bro? Are you serious? Come on, no Fino, way. Fino. If it's that simple, then I think the answer is we see a freshman. Am I right? Do we need to see Terry? Is Terry the answer? Honestly, at this point. I wasn't on the Terry train, but at this point, give me someone else except Maxwell. Oh, I know. I said it to start. I said a freshman needs to start. And I said this, though. I'm like, I don't think Maxwell should be starting, but he's going to start. Lo and behold, after the show on Tuesday, they last week, they announced that Maxwell would start. And I knew that would be the case. I knew this would be the case completely. You know, I'm going to read you a quote and the listeners over the air from Mark D'Antonio on the quarterback situation. He said this, quote, We weren't up that many points when we put in the guy. He's talking about Cook. Mm-hmm. To rep three quarterbacks, you put them in there for a couple plays, and I wanted to see what people could do. I thought we got sufficient work with our two quarterbacks, and we'll move from there. End quote. This is all I have to say about that. Efficient, yes, against Western, but is it going to be efficient enough when you handle it against a Big Ten opponent? You look at these QBRs, 25.3 for Maxwell, 40.4 for Cook. It's just not going to cut it in an elite team in the Big Ten. I agree. Right, let's go to the phones. You're on the Spartan Sports Wrap. Who is this? Where are you calling from? It's Aaron. I'm calling from someone on I-69. What's up, Aaron? What's going on, Aaron? I had to join in on this, and, Fino, I completely agree with you. You are not being too critical. Um, I want to add a word to what you were saying, Fino. You said appalling. My word of the night was atrocious. Mm -hmm. Hey, it starts with an A, too, so, you know what? I I thought that as Mm -hmm. as an offense, the team was absolutely atrocious, and I can honestly say that I've never lost a uh, a sports game uh, ticked off after team won. My team won, but I did Saturday night. I mean, let's be honest here. Because the defense gets, you know, they get a pass because they were great. And they kept us in the game. Michigan State, mm-hmm. of course. But this quarter... Aaron, let me ask you this, though. Do you think the quarterback play this year, that game, would suffice all year in the Big Ten? Absolutely not. You saw what guys... Um, like Devin Gardner were doing on Saturday, and that's what an actual offense can do. And I put this out on Twitter um, on Saturday that MSU needs to take notes because this is what an actual offense looks like. The quarterback play was awful. 74 yards, you brought it up. 74 yards between two quarterbacks is unacceptable, and I think the stats were like 17 for 37 combined. I mean, here's the thing. 
I don't even understand how MSU, first game of the season, I said it last week, they can't blow anyone out the first game of the season. I look at Michigan, they hold no prisoners. Beat, they beat Central 59-9 to when we played Central last year. Did they score 59 points against an inferior Central Michigan team. And you can argue that Central's better we than did, Western. We Central is better than Western. points in that game, you know, I won't say that one. But it, in the first game, we only got 14 points last year against Boise State, and it was the same problem. I mean, it was 17, I'm pretty sure. But you see what I'm saying? It wasn't, it wasn't elite. They can't blow anyone out. Yeah. Aaron, thank you for the call. We appreciate Thanks, Aaron. it. You're welcome. See you guys. You take care. But this team just can't get it done when they need to, offensively. Because it's just not going to be cut anymore. When we get, when MSU gets to the Brit of their schedule, going to places where they have trouble winning, going to Iowa, you know, going to Nebraska, these are places where MSU historically are going to have trouble winning. If you told me, Fino, I think they can go to Notre Dame and win. I told you, whatever you're using, I want it because I want to believe that. But there's no way this offense can perform in a hostile environment. I mean, look at the place where MSU has to go to. No, at Notre Dame? At Kinnick Stadium? At Nebraska? All places historically MSU does not play well at. Okay, you go to Champaign, Illinois. I hope you can beat Illinois. But then you have home to Indiana. You're home to Michigan, thank God. But, oh, you have to go to Northwestern, a team that's always given MSU trouble. A couple years ago, Alex, you remember it was the, it took a fake punt for MSU to win the game at Northwestern. Oh yeah, mousetrap. That's what it takes to beat these teams. I understand Northwestern lost their top cornerback. Okay, and that's very sad to see. You never want to see anyone get hurt in college football. But MSU has to get it straightened out. You know they're on you know ESPNU next week, twelve o'clock against South Florida, who looked terrible. South Florida lost to an FCS team, FYI. If you're, oh so, no, I, I'm aware. So if you cannot beat if you cannot score points against South Florida, a team that this past weekend lost to an FCS opponent, 55 to 21 against an FCS opponent. If you're telling me that your offense cannot put up adequate amount of points. And I'll, I'll, well, what's adequate? What's adequate? That's, for, that's another conversation. 35 points at least. 35 points. And you know why, you know why I'm saying 35? And I think they will. The week before, South Florida in their barnyard, in Tampa, they allowed 53 points to an inferior FCS opponent. Fino, a couple things to look at, first off. When you look look at at the quarterback play, you can't doubt what Western did. Western did a great job defending the receivers. They did a great job, Fino. They did. They covered the receivers very well. No, not a lot of penalties on the corners. Good pass deflections downfield. A lot of bombs thrown by Maxwell and Cook both that were deflected by Western corners. Western first of played height. First of all, played they played play. well. Okay? Played well. You can't doubt that at all. Second of all, why don't we look at this running back position for a second? Okay. Langford, 100 okay. yards rushing, plus the negative. He got to 96, but over 100 yards positive rushing. Great performance. He's probably the only player that may have locked up his, his, his position. I thought Langford looked... Elite, to be honest. He looked great when he needed to. I understand. You know, we're giving credit to Western. But here's my thing. And I agree. Good for Western. They had nothing to lose. We pay Western to come play us. But when they came in, Western, they had the mentality, we have nothing to lose. 
And against that defense that has nothing to lose, you want your guys, MSU, to really pound it down their throats, running and rushing the football. And they did. MSU did a very, a very serviceable job. But here's what I'm looking at. After this past weekend, MSU ranks 103rd in the FBS in passing yards. FYI, there's 115 teams in the FBS. 103rd, rushing the football, 55, 55th. It's not bad. Not bad. That's not bad. They had 181 rushing yards. That is not bad. Points for, 68. Points against, 30th in ranks. So MSU, there's a lot of things to take from this game. You take positive defensively. Offensively, it is somewhere on another planet. Hopefully, we can send Neil Armstrong to find it. Okay? Because he can go to the moon. Maybe when he goes to the moon next time, he can actually find an offense. And if he can find an offense, you know, we're going to start the Fino Offensive Fund. Okay. Here's what's going to happen. Okay? Every time MSU scores more than five touchdowns in a game, I will personally donate $30 to a local charity. Just to, to get anything, just to get anything out of this offense. Five offensive touchdowns? Five offensive touchdowns in a game. That's a lot. And you will donate to a charity. $30 to any local charity. Look it up. Listeners, 517-432-3893. Would you take Fino's quote-unquote legal bet? I think... Because betting's illegal. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's legal. It's totally. You know what I'm saying? We're not betting against the team. I'm not going to root for them say, I think MSU is going to be bad. I would never root against Michigan State. Even in games where they're, you know, not favored to win, I always root for him. But any way we can get an offensive spark out of this team. I understand 4th of July is months away. Summer is officially over. Put the fireworks away. But guess what? Maybe we need to go into Ohio and another state that sells fireworks and light, somehow light this offensive up. I mean, Max. I mean, you sit behind the glass right now and you analyze. And it look, I don't say I'm not being too harsh. Am I being too harsh about this offense? Am I being too critical? I, I don't I mean I don't I don't think so to an extent. I mean I definitely think that people expected a lot more from last year. And so it's like I, I, mean, I, I I I'd still I'm always someone just wait and see how it turns out. One game in, I've always I always take a long time to analyze things, but looking at South Florida and then Youngstown State afterwards, maybe it's a good thing for them to beat up on those teams and gain a little confidence, especially in the passing game. I mean you, you, uh, South Florida's starting quarterback Matt Floyd, career. This was coming in this career. Zero touchdowns, seven interceptions. That's in a career. That's that, a, that's bad. That's okay? all. That's and let alone th- that they they let uh, McNeese State hang a fifty three bagger on them at in Raymond James Stadium. How unbelievable is that? By the way, McNeese State finished fourth in the Southland Conference and. I will add to Fino's charity if you can just name one other team in the Southland Conference. The Southland Conference. Wow. Can you name one other team in the Southland Conference? I can't. I can't, even. I can't even. No. I'm not even going to lie. No. I can't. Listeners, if you can name one other team without looking online on your computers or smartphones, one other team in the Southland Conference, Fino? You know what? If you can name a team in the Southwest Conference, Southland, is that what it's called? Oh, wow. Southland. Okay. I will donate 10 additional dollars. To the local charity this week. Ten additional dollars. Wow. That's 40. Now, before we move on to MSU soccer in a minute, let's talk about the South Florida game with predictions real quick. Are we going to see a third quarter? See, here's the thing. If we score five touchdowns, offensive touchdowns, we'll see a third quarterback. Mark D'Antonio said it. He won't put in three quarterbacks unless we're up comfortably. So I just want to bring up something that I'm going to go off a little bit right now and just say that the 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 idea of us getting a good quarterback 
could be dependent on our own team. How sad is that? It's so sad. Think about that. Finally, you know, we won't see a third quarterback until our team scores with the two quarterbacks that can already. It's That's just, what D'Antonio was saying. Find me, and I, I open this up to Max as well. Find me another team in the FBS that has four co-starting quarterbacks. Because that's what that's what Mark D'Antonio said. Four co-starting quarterback. How ludicrous is that? I don't know. It's just ludicrous. I so, mean, so with the South Florida game, do they do they score four or five touchdowns? Do you think th- they will? I think they do. I think they do. I think it, you know, if you look at the numbers, if you crunch the numbers in the past seasons, the second game is usually where MSU wakes up a little bit. So, I do think they score more than thirty. Right, so, points. isn't that what these th- these first three of games are for? Are. To wake up, wake to get up. all the kinks out. Wake up, but my it's just, if, if this next game Maxwell throws five touchdowns, is this a conversation anymore? I, Probably not. I think it's, it's a, not. I think it's a conversation until we can go on the road and win so it. Until Notre Dame, until we can win at places like Notre Dame, win at places like Kinnick Stadium at Iowa, and places at Nebraska. If this conversation is over, if Maxwell has an outstanding game in South Bend against Notre Dame. If he has an outstanding game, conversation's over. That next Monday, Fino apologizes. Fine. That's you ready it. yourself. Done. Final score. Thoughts? This game, oof. I say MSU wins 38-13. That's very reasonable. 38-13. Okay. 38-13. Max, what's your prediction? I'm going to go similar to Fino. I'm going yeah. to give a little more confidence in the defense. I'm going to say 35-3. And again, I just say that because I can't get over the fact that South Florida let up over 400 yards to make me state, so I yeah. got to imagine. You, I agree. You got to. You have to imagine we're going to see at least five touchdowns. At least five offensive touchdowns. I, I have please. A, I have a question. To you two, though, mm-hmm. out of those touchdowns, in order for Maxwell to maybe have a little more pressure off his back, how many pass touchdown passes does he need to throw to maybe people back off a little bit from? Him? We'll get to that as soon as we t- return from this short break. You're listening to the Spartan Sports Chat with Shark Fino and King. We'll be right back. You're listening to Impact Exposure. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, Primetime. where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Monday nights from 8 till 10, the Asian Invasion brings you the music from the rising sun. We'll bring you the latest pop, indie, rock, and electro from Korea, Japan, and China. Only on Impact 89FM. An ordinary day, an ordinary family's living room filled with an ordinary bunch of kids, and they were doing nothing, when suddenly... That's a personal foul, an active activity on a sunny day. Coming to the rescue was NFL running back Reggie Bush. Let's play. And play they did. There was running and jumping, and laziness was crushed. Hey kids, don't get a lazy penalty. Go online to smallstep.gov for fun playtime ideas. So you can be a player too. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Attention shoppers, if anyone is missing a rather plump set of love handles, please come to the customer service counter and claim them. The ample love handles were lost in the produce department where their former owner had purchased fruits and veggies to munch on during the big game. Thank you and have a good day. Small step number 81. Snack on fruits and veggies. It's just one of the many small steps you can take to get healthy. Learn more at www.smallstep.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Now back to Impact Exposure. Welcome back to Impact Exposure. Alex Sharg and Fino here alongside with Max King, our executive producer in the studio. Time is 7.32. What to expect after this 
football conversation at 735. We'll get into MSU soccer. Jennifer Swanchera, voice of the Lansing Lugnuts, will be on with us at around 750. Uh, uh, actually, Max, just take note. you got to call Jennifer around 750. Sorry to tell you that now. <laughs> but uh, uh, alongside with that, we do have our goon of the week, a tradition at the end of the show. Just want to give you, the listeners, a number to call. 517-432-3893. If you think Tofino's too harsh, if you think it was truly atrocious, but back to that last break. We were talking final predictions for this game. And in that that PSA break, we heard Reggie Bush say, don't get a lazy penalty. Well, guess what? He should talk about Last game, 75 yards and six penalties for Michigan State. Three quarters of a football field in penalties. That's just unacceptable if you really look at it from a defensive and offensive play front. Wait, wait. And guess guess how many Western had. This, This is the best part. Seven for sixty-five, so we had ten more yards than a than a Western Michigan team that has nine nine fresh nine first-time players seeing action. True freshmen, nine players, an inexperienced team, an inexperienced offensive line. So then you're thinking, okay, in a hostile Spartan stadium, you're thinking that you can get this offensive line frazzled. That's what I'm thinking. Well, unfortunately, as the listeners and the hosts, we thought incorrect. MSU's undisciplined play has to just stop. You know, of course, we're radio hosts, so we're going to come and critique and analyze, and, you know, we're going to be harsh on our team when we need be, but we're doing the job. This team is undisciplined. I don't care if you play in the FCS, I don't care if you play in the FBS, I don't care if you play in the CFL or NFL or whatever you play in, NFL Europe. You need to play disciplined. Football needs to be disciplined, and if you can't play disciplined, you are going to get chewed up in this conference. I said it on the show two weeks ago. Second best football conference is the Big Ten. Second best football conference? Mm-hmm. And you're going to say best defense in the Big Ten? Yeah, without a doubt. Okay, so final score, we have 38, we have 35s. I'll go on the same. But 517-432-3893, it's not too late to call on MSU football and to call out Fino if you would be. Maybe. We'll see. Please. Uh, but alongside with this interesting first football game, you've got to look at MSU soccer because... Mm-hmm. They dominated Western for nothing. They are now ranked number 25 Good in the for pool. Them. And now Western so- Michigan State soccer, along with Michigan State football, both will probably be ranked 25. And I'll make that prediction, you know. Okay. I will bet Chipotle for the whole station that if Michigan State and Western are both not 25, then I will buy everyone here Chipotle. It's kind of a safe Chipotle of bet. Of course. There's not really a, you know, there's no really risk to that, Shari. Because if you're buying Chipotle, you know that's costly. It is costly. They charge extra for that guac that's delicious. It, it's, the extra guac kind of adds up They'll a little They'll both bit. be ranked for Chipotle. Both, I, I do agree. I don't think you're going to lose that one. I do think both are going to be ranked. Of course, we know Shark failed to manage. He did mention that MSU Soccer is ranked 25th in the nation. So that is something you know, so you're happy about is complete. But will MSU football be ranked? I say yes as well. Oregon State losing to another FCS opponent, East Washington. And I thought that was pretty uh, upsetting to see because I, like, you know, I like Oregon State. They're a good team. Um, Coach Riley's got a great team there, Beavers. They play really well, Pac-12 conference. So you never want to see a team losing that early. But guess what? MSU's time is to be ranked, and the spotlight increases further for these quarterbacks. Will they choke like Garcia? Uh, I don't know. Well, the spotlight has definitely increased for true freshman Dewey Lewis in his first game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, mean, you, I mean, you saw the steal and then the, and the keeper for the unassisted goal. Talk about 
his performance, Fina, what you saw uh, with that first game. I saw a great, you know, I saw a great game. I saw, you know, the soccer team plays very well, you know, and against Western, they played Western as well. But, you know, I don't think football got the memo, but soccer did because soccer did their job and they blew out their Western team. They blew out Western. It was 4 nothing, 2 nothing after the first half. It scored two, two goals in the second half. And I saw just dominant play. They, hold, they held possession very well. You know, you know, Sean Connery had a great goal. You know, helped the Spartans get a win, first kick of the season. You know, Coach, Re- you know, Coach Renting said this. It was a great start for us. You know, he said, you never know with soccer, but it's unexpected to us. But this type of performance, and the reason is because this is how we know we've been playing all preseason. And I will add to Coach Rensing. MSU had a very solid preseason. I know they tied. They lost to a better UNC team. But they held possession a lot. Possession is key. They looked upfield. But my only critique would be a lot of these players, and they're going to get chewed up against an Indiana soccer club team. As in, you know. Indiana is very good. And they play right now, actually. They're playing UCLA. You said it last week that they were probably the favorite. They are the best team in the Big Ten. And they play one of the best teams in the nation today at UCLA. So I look at MSU soccer and I say, they got to pick up their head a little bit, these players. And look what they got on the wides. They got you know left and right backs running on the sides. They got these wingers running in. They got to make better passes. But they held possession. I can't be too critical. Coach Rensing loved the performance. Fino loved the performance. And I know the rest of the Red Cedar Rowdies, they were great. So I'll give them a shout out. Great job to see the Red Cedar Rowdies and their performance and their support. The team appreciates it. The station appreciates it. And go for the soccer team. They're playing very well in the open air. Yeah. And another thing with this team is it's the first game. Just like Michigan State football, there's still a long season to go. So I think we kind of have to wait until we make any bull predictions. Yeah. Like that. Okay. Well, alongside with soccer, uh, we'll just move quickly before Jennifer comes on in about mm-hmm. 10 minutes. We'll get into this Detroit Tigers, quote-unquote, playoff push. Um, a disappointing Labor Day sweep uh, to the Red Sox, excuse me, shutout. Uh, alongside with the Red Sox, you saw some good performances from Infante, from Hunter, but you've seen some losses. Now, Fino, you not being from the area... You know that this team's playing well compared to your personal home team. I mean, is the concerns that bit? Because if Miggy goes out, Hunter blasts grand slams, Infante hits two homers, they still get the job done. So this team is probably for real. I think this team is definitely for real. And as Shark failed to mention, I'm sitting here in the studio with my Tigers tee, and I support Verlander, I'm supporting the Tigers. Because the Mets, they're, they're are, your favorite AL team. They are my favorite AL team because I, you know, they're my favorite professional team at this point. Because the Mets aren't a team anymore. But forget the Mets because they're they're terrible. The Tigers. This is what I want to ask the listeners for the Tigers and fans. Please feel free to call in and ask. Do you think it's World Series or bust for this Tigers team? I'm going to say it's yes. And I'll say this: GM Dombrowski has done a great job. Peralta gets suspended via, via Biogenesis, and that's a, those are tough shoes to fill. A lot of ribbies, a lot of RBIs, high average. An all-star. An all-star. Okay. Iglesias defensively has been nothing short been of superb. I saw a play today that was just absolutely unbelievable. The way he turned this double play, he tags the runner, and he spins. doesn't even stop moving his feet. Rod Allen loved it. I loved it. I think Iglesias has been nothing but superb. He is yeah. awesome. But that's so a question, too. Is Iglesias making a case for a long-term stay here in Detroit? Well, it depends what the Tigers want to do. Are they going to support? I don't want to say Because when support. Peralta comes back, Peralta is what a do you ba- do? 
Well, they already said that he will not play in the postseason, Peralta. No, I know, but when he comes back for another season. I think Peralta is a better long-term option. Of course, he's better offensively, defensively. But at least he's a younger Fino. You're I, getting to a guy that's at the peak of his career. I agree. I mean, I'm not going to— So but, why is he a better long-term option? Because the Tigers are all about hitting the baseball, and the Tigers need guys that can hit Iglesias the baseball. can hit? Can he hit like Peralta? For right now, no. No. But this is one year. Okay. It, it, it's a sample size. You know, they need. A, I want to see him for a full season, and then we can decipher how well he played. But right now, what he's doing, he is asked to bat last in this lineup and play great defense. Because you got guys like Fielder. You have guys like Cabrera. I know he missed his third straight game, but you have guys ahead of him in the order that are paid to produce and get runs and hit home runs. You know, Iglesias is paid to bat last, get on base if he can, and guess what? Field the baseball and not make errors. He's been great defensively. He's been making outstanding plays. I'll say it again, fans. Tigers playoff bound, obviously. Tigers World Series bound, hopefully. This season is World Series or bust completely. I mean, simply but. Max. Well, I mean, I mean, Iglesias brings a lot to the table. First of all, he's got lots of speed, something the Tigers lack. Obviously, they're yeah, they dead do. last in Major League Baseball and stolen bases. In fact, That's good to an know. interesting stat brought up in today's Tiger game against the Red Sox, um, Marco Scudero, uh, or sorry, sorry, Jacoby Ellsbury for the Red Sox, has outstolen the Tigers himself. He has 51 stolen bases on the season. Tigers have 31 on the season and as far as going without Cabrera that goes I think this team has shown a lot of depth because they're now nine and one in games without Miguel Cabrera in the lineup which is obviously very relieving not only to the fans but to him and he showed some promise today he took batting practice looked well uh Kevin Rand the athletic uh chief there said that he more than likely will be able to play tomorrow obviously we have to wait and see that's Jim Leland's call but as far as going going back to the Iglesias and uh, the World Series, I think he's a great addition, and I agree with you know it's World Series or bust because what they've already accomplished everything else. So World Series win is now I think in their sights. If we had a note, Maxi too, and of course the listeners, the Tigers have lost eight straight World Series games, swept in '06, swept last year. No team has ever done that in MLB history. The Tigers are the only team to lose eight straight World Series games in consecutive World Series appearances, obviously. And that's something to note. So I do think it's World Series or bust. But I will swing this question back to the guys. Jacoby Ellsbury, Max mentioned in a very interesting statistic, has outstolen the whole Tigers team. Right, right. Jacoby's a free agent. If you're the Tigers, your outfield is pretty nice. Do you, out, do you go and go grab him? Well, who are they going to put him? Where are they going to put him? Uh, they could, you know, that's that. That's a. You're gonna get rid of Tory Hunter, perennial no. MVP. Who's your right fielder? Hunter. Who's your left fielder? Dirks. Who you having? Dirks. Dirks or, is fine. Dirks, Dirks is steals fi- too. Listen, Dirks is fine. I'm, I'm, I'm analyzing it. Dirks is fine. If there's any holes at all, okay. If, if there, if you have to pick one hole, then it's probably maybe back in pitching or in relief, if anything. It's definitely relief. I mean, if you're looking to bolster Hitt- the team, hitting is really not an issue. No, 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 no. But I think relief obviously is the number one focus. I'm, all I'm saying is for speed, who would you rather have, Dirks or Ellsbury? I mean, just overall play. Ellsbury's a better player. That's obvious. No disrespect to Andy Dirks. But if you can plug him in left field, I know Jacoby plays center, you can move him because, you know, Austin Jackson is outstanding. But if you can put him in left field, I mean, the Tigers by no means do they need him. But you acquire Ellsbury, this team's got power, this team's got pitching, not relief, and it's got speed. That could be the best team in the major yeah, league. They, they really, I mean, I, they barely have cap room as it is, Fino. Another thing to note. Cap no, room, it's baseball. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> one, one thing to note, Fino, is this. 
you said yourself that that Peralta himself hits way better than Iglesias. But we look at Max's statistic that, hey, Ellsbury has outscored, outstolen the entire Tigers team. And then you look at this Tigers team with Peralta and Iglesias, and you're saying Peralta's the better end of the deal. Well, who steals more bases? Iglesias by far. Mm-hmm. So a- that reason alone is probably going to hint to a Tigers stay of Iglesias. Of course, but if the Tigers' MO obviously is not speed. It's power, it's driving rain runs, it's scoring runs. That's the Tigers' MO. We will outscore you. But when we're dominant like Scherzer and Verlander, guys that can pitch, not to mention Fister's been solid, they can pitch now. But the Tigers' MO for years has been, we will outscore you. We will outplay you. And that's what they've been doing. They're half a game out with being the best team in the major leagues. Best record, rather. That's an outstanding. They're 81-57. and 57. The Tigers are playing outstanding. And guess what? They can't get lackadaisical. September needs to be an absolute push, push, push. But, Fino, you're forgetting one pretty crucial concept. Mm-hmm. Benoit came in the game a couple nights ago. 0-0 game. 0-0. Mm-hmm. Pitching's outstanding. Gives off, a, gives off a grand slam. Lose yeah. the game 4 nothing. If this Tiger team has one concern, like I said, it's relief and a closer. If there's one reliever that is good in that Tiger's real in that Tiger's pen, you're keeping Benoit. This guy almost made the All Star game. Benoit, I understand you let up the grand slam. That's not good against a Cleveland Indians team that is very improved with Terry Francona. Yeah, yeah. Very improved. So they're not a bad team. You gotta give Benoit a little slack. Gave up a bad hit, you know. Gave up a bad hit, home run. No, I get it. It's one but game. It's he's, one game. He's been dominant. He's been dominant. And they did acquire a closer too. So yeah, Varus, and he looked, you know, he looked pretty good today. Allowed a, you know, allowed a hit. Yeah, but fun. pretty clean last game. Shut out, shut out, shut out. That's all that matters. You clean sheet. You get the win for Fister. Fister, you know what? Solid game for him. Walk four guys. Probably wanted to walk less, but he struck up four guys, bro. Right. Four hits. 112 pitches, seven innings. Fister's 12 and seven. You can't say enough about this Tiger team. Pitching wise, Scherzer's outstanding. Verlander has been bad for his standard. He's been bad, but he's still Justin Verlander. <laughs> this guy's good. The yeah. Tigers got to be in good shape. They just gotta, they gotta get it done a little bit more. Right. Uh, let's move on before we get to Jennifer on the recent Lansing Lugnuts <laughs> season. It's over. Uh, Max, you probably want to give her a call in, in about a couple minutes, but. Let's talk about the mums on all these injuries for the Lions. Opening NFL game coming up. We're excited. Oh, it's exciting. But then you have all these mums on words. You don't know what's going on with Ansel. You don't know what's going on with some perennial players on this team. How concerning is that you is that for you as a fan? I don't think I mean you look at when you if, see if I mean, we're not fans, but for any fan out there listening, is that a big concern? I think it's gotta be. Now, do I think the Lions will play well? Yeah, I do, because they're the Lions. And you know what? They come with the roar, no pun intended. But here's the thing. Jim Schwartz, he's always been pretty hush-hush on injuries, has he not? Yeah. He's always hush-hush. And it's a very common tactic. No coach wants to tip their hand about their players. I think Ansa plays. I think their D-Lions plays. I think they'll be okay. I look at the Lions, and when they play, I, you know what? I'm really rooting for the Lions this year. Because the Lions last year, they kind of took a step back. Okay, they take a step back. Now they are playing. They're three and one in this postseason. In this preseason, it doesn't really mean much. It really doesn't. The preseason doesn't really mean anything. But they're home to Minnesota. Then they go at Arizona and a very tough game at Washington. 
I think there's no reason they can't start this season 2-0. and They opened the season 2-0. and They got Washington. Then you go home to Chicago, at Green Bay, at Cleveland, home to Cincinnati, a good team, a playoff team, home to Dallas, a good team, at Chicago, at Pittsburgh. That's a tough stretch. That's a tough four games. And I will say, they got the bye week, week nine, to break it up. That is going to redefine the Lions' season. Week 7, Week 8, Week 10, Week 11. Cincy, Dallas, at Chicago, at Pittsburgh. Four tough teams, four playoff teams. And I know Chicago didn't make the playoffs, but they still won 10 games. So I still, quote-unquote, consider them a playoff team. Now check this, Fina. Don't you remember a guy by the name of Amari Spive out of Iowa? Started 15 games in the Lions' 10-6 playoff year. Remember that guy? Yeah, yeah. Cut today as a 538. Cut as a lion after two years, third round pick. Uh, 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 this is this is a pick with the same Lions organization that's been prevalent since Miller. That says one thing right there: is that the Lions are not messing around and they want to win. Excellence is expected, and you can argue: is Jim Schwartz on the hot seat because of this? He goes to the playoffs two years ago. You're coming up a very I don't want to say a sad year, but a disappointing year come where you came from is Schwartz on the hot seat and this shows with these cuts he has a very big role in that 10 and 6 season where they got blown out by New Orleans that says a lot the Lions are here to play this year fans the Lions want to win the Lions have a tough schedule the teams the Lions plays are good teams they're home to Baltimore on Monday night they have they're home to the Giants Giants Baltimore Chicago twice Pittsburgh Cincinnati at Washington these are tough games Green Bay, they have and Thanksgiving. That is a tough schedule. Then they got some cupcake games they got to win. You know, they got Minnesota twice. They should win. They go to Arizona. They should win. They have these games, Cleveland, that they should win. But it's very reasonable to say that this team could go eight and eight. This team could go eight and eight. Could this team go ten and six? Five eleven? No. But the schedule is tough. Schwartz wants to win. The Lion fans want to win. And guess what? For the first time in a while, there's a lot of excitement in Detroit. There is. And there's also a lot of excitement coming out of Lansing today, as we are now mm-hmm. joined by PA announcer Jennifer Swanchera. Jennifer, what's the atmosphere like after this last win for the Lugnuts? Uh, it was very exciting today. Thanks for having me on, by the way, Alex. Oh, of course. Huh? It's uh, it was a fun excitement, uh, you know, in the air today. You know, tough season for us, but uh, you know, ended up with a win against the Tigers affiliate uh, West Michigan. So, you know, all in all, it was a great day. A great crowd ended up coming out, and it was a beautiful day for baseball. Yeah, uh, if you're just tuning in, Jennifer Swanchair, also a member of our Impact Sports team. And again, if you're just tuning in and if you'd like to get involved, msuimpactsports at gmail.com. Send us an email, and we're also launching October 14th, our new show called The Pack. But Jennifer, uh, yeah, thank you, of course, for joining as well. Uh, but the Lugnuts, 61 and 78. 62 and 78 now, because they did win today. Uh, what happened? Because I know, Jennifer, you've been following them all year. They started off pretty strong at one point. I know they were on a hot win streak. They fell off, Sharg. Then they fell off. They yeah. fell off, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's tough with, uh, you know, a minor league team uh, where we have a lot of turnover and you know, true. players going up and down and moving. And, um, you know, I think that they were the beginning team that we had for the first month or so. 
was, uh, you know, a solid team. But, you know, once, you know, a player needs to be called up, uh, you know, once a player is, you know, performing to their best ability, they're going to be moved up. And uh, so that's kind of what we dealt with. And, um, you know, we had a lot of young players um, and the seasoned players all left. So we were left with a young team and an experienced team. And, um, you know, but I think that hopefully they'll be able to come back next year. I think most of them um, will return as bug nuts um, for the beginning of the season. And then we'll have to see them progress again next year. Uh-huh. So, uh, you know, there's there's nowhere to go but up from here. Right, right. Now, Jennifer, I don't know if you get too much interaction with some of the players, but what's the atmosphere like with this team ending off with a win? Oh, it was great. Um, and today was Grand Appreciation Day at Cooley Law School Stadium. So after the game, um, as soon as, you know, it was uh, we won in the top of the ninth, uh, you know, West Michigan, they, we, we won 9-4. to four. So, um, you know, as soon as we they knew that like the, it was actually one a strikeout, so that was a great feeling. And all the players ran out, and you know we're jumping all over Eric Sakula, our pitcher at mm-hmm. the time, um, and it was just you know full of excitement. And then the fans got to go on the field afterwards and wow. um, get team autographs from the entire team. So you know it's fun for the for the players to kind of realize that there's all these people who are watching them. I think it's uh, going to hopefully drive them in this offseason. Right. Now, just mm-hmm. sorry if you know, uh, just a quick yearly recap. Any funny stories, Jennifer, besides from maybe yourself? I know you talked to me a couple times about some, just a couple little mistakes from announcing, but have what What? what are some funny things you've seen out there in the stands? Or oh, field? gosh. Um, well, some there. Uh, we had our Thirsty Thursdays, our Labatt Blue Light Thirsty Thursdays. Oh, Dan Cryer knows about that. Yes, and um, so that was always interesting. Um, there was always, you know, a few drunk people there. And uh, one time, I remember a girl basically just falling asleep in the stands and having to be escorted out. Um, Wait, they they escorted out for sleeping? Oh yeah, oh yeah. She she was uh, you know stumbling all over the place. That was uh, interesting. Okay. Um, we had actually today we had a great catch um, on a foul ball. It, um, deflected off of the banister um, to the suites, and then the, uh, probably like an eleven-year-old kid had his glove ready, caught it right there, and that was you know Love that's that. the best foul catch I've seen all year. Um, the funny uh, play that of the year that we will be known for forever now um, was uh, let's see Santiago Nesti, our catcher. Right. Um, he. We were supposed to win the game. It, we would have won. It was a walk-off um, hit, and we were like, we were going to win the game. And um, you know, he forgot to touch first base. Wow. So, um, you know, the player like, you know, I announced, hey, you know, let us win, whatever. Both teams go off, and the opposing manager goes up to uh, the the umps and said, hey, um, you know. I saw what I saw, and they went back and thought about it, and then, thank God, uh, you know, all the employees were still there, and I was as well, because we had to play a couple more innings. <laughs> oh, wow. So yeah. I can't imagine you being you there, the, the reaction from the manager and the team. I would have been livid, to be honest oh, with you. Oh, my goodness. I was I was very upset about it. Yeah. Now, Jennifer, just real quick to wrap this up, what can fans expect for next year? Maybe is it a better performance? 
besides, I'm, are you are you planning on doing PA announcing again next year? Should they expect more Swanchera from the from yeah, the from the stands? Um, you know, my plan is to return with the Lugnuts next year as the public address announcer. Um, you know, I had a great time, and um, you know, the people that I work with, and you know, being in Lansing and being able to make my voice heard in the stadium, mm-hmm. it's a great feeling, and um, hopefully. With uh, coming back, you know, the team will come back on top as well. You know, I've learned so much there, and uh, it's just been a great experience. Really has been. I mean, if you haven't gone out to Cooley Stadium, it's a beautiful atmosphere. And, you know, Janet is a, is a great PA announcer. She does a great yeah. job out there for the Lugnuts. So it's good to know she wants to come back because, guess what? The fans love her. We love her. She's a great PA announcer. So head up to Cooley Stadium right. and support the Lugnuts. Exactly. Expect to hear more also for Jennifer from Impact Sports. But, Jennifer, I believe you're one of two female PA announcers in the country? I am actually, um, for baseball, there's 190, you know, teams, minor and major. Um, I am one of three. Wow, three. So there are two others. Um, there's one in um, San Francisco, and then there's one with the Snappers, I believe, which is a minor league team. Well, hopefully we can arrange a dinner for all three female PA announcers in the future, because that would be in a dinner to see. Jennifer, thank you so much, because you were absolutely problem, outstanding. Guys. Thanks. Go Lugnuts, and uh, we look to have you on in the future. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks, Thanks Jennifer. Jennifer. Take care. All right, so Jennifer Swanchera with us. Uh, appreciate her taking the time. Yeah, great. Uh, but now it, it comes to our favorite part of the show, and it goes something like this. Goon, 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 goon. Goon of the Week. That's right, it's the Goon of the Week. Goon. And in the future, we will have a sponsor of Goon of the Week. But, I mean, Fino. Bro. Fino. With Bro. NFL opening this week. Talk about your goon. My goon is very simple this week. And, of course, the NFL season opens up this Thursday on NBC, so check that out. But this is something that's so ludicrous. NFL kickoff promotion, that's my goon of the week. You look outside Sports Authority Field in Denver. Guess what they did? There's a picture of Peyton Manning. Expected, because the Broncos play there. But there's also a picture of Joe Flacco on the facade of the stadium. Goon of the Week NFL promotion. FYI, he doesn't play there. He plays at M&T Bank Stadium. They're the Super Bowl champions, A and B. Who did the Broncos lose in the playoffs last year? It was Joe Flacco's team at MNT Bank Stadium. They don't want to see number five. And you brought up a great point, too. And we have some Red Wings fans in the booth. If you're a Red Wings fan, would you be upset if Patrick Kane was hanging outside the Joe? Patrick Kane. Think about it. It applies for any team. These teams don't like each other. You just lose to Chicago in the playoffs. Hey, let's put Jonathan Taves there. What if Terrell Pryor was hanging outside of the big house? Wow. Just think about it. It's unbelievable. So unbelievable that Peyton Manning, of course, quarterback of the Denver Broncos, even called the picture, quote-unquote, strange. Flacco said he was kind of irked or weirded out by it, but didn't mind it and said he did look good. So Flacco does look good on the side. Max, you have any thoughts on this, Goon? Uh, poor promotion, and uh, people at Impact Sports, are our promotions, I think, could have done a lot better. Thank God we have <laughs> Lewis, and Lewis will definitely promote something better than that. Thank God I got Lewis, because he won't do something that stupid. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Very, very good. And my other highlight of the week, if you have not seen it yet, go to Yahoo, type in Michigan State basketball team is ready for some footballs, also on MSUSparns.com. The entire basketball team dressed up 
in football equipment. You have Gary Harris catching footballs. You have Keith Appling throwing touchdowns. And guess what? He throws a Brandon Dawson is running the ball down the field. The sad part is in that promotion was that guess what? Keith Appling throws a better pass than Maxwell. Get him on the team, bro. Whoa. And we'll talk about more about that next week. From Sharg and Fino yeah, and Max here. King, it's about that time. We've got to cut it off. We'll you know see you later. Us. That's right. We'll see you later, East Lansing. Take care, guys. You've been listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Tune in every week for more of the greatest sports information, news, and analysis. Here and only here on Impact 89FM.